Hey, all you cool cats and commies. I'm Caleb. I'm Zach. And this is In The Mood. Your working class podcast. All right, all right, all right. We are back for another week. Driving fast and eating ass. <laughs> That's going to be your new little logo going in, isn't it? Indeed. But anyway. So our brand new segment on the show is going to be called Four Starters from now on. So every episode, we're going to start off with four starters. So for leading st- into that. <laughs> for starters, let's talk about this Amazon Union, which is coming up on its the big vote. The big vote is March 30th. And so I think you need to fill in the people on why it's the latest move that stingy Jeff Bezos is trying to basically force their or have their hands tied behind their back, either choose $2,000 up front or so, so basically $2,000 up front to quit your yeah. job. So, you know, this is going to be the first time if this vote passes that in 27 years of Amazon being a company that there would be a U.S. based union. So the reason this is so big, and there, you can tell that Amazon's getting desperate because they put out this memo for all of the workers at the Amazon Union or at the Amazon uh, warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama. They said, okay, we will offer you $2,000 to quit. They literally are offering the workers $2,000 to quit. To quit your quit. career. Literally to just quit. And so this is how shitty of a person Jeff Bezos is. And who, last, how much is he worth, by the way? 182B with a billion. And that's actually been updated yesterday. He is now worth $194 billion. He added that much wealth in the matter of weeks. And the, and the fact that he's trying to discourage people from unionizing because yeah. it may cost him more in the long run. Right. Well, it really won't, which we'll get to that. But, you know, up front, it would cost him something. But anyway, so he's offering them $2,000 to just quit because they have been able to literally calculate the absolute minimum that they could pay their workers to just quit because they know that then they won't be able to vote. So literally, that's how shitty of a person Jeff Bezos is. He has them paid so little that in this middle of a pandemic, the workers will see it as a bright spot they're so desperate they'll take $2,000 over a job just so that they won't have to be able to unionize. That's how shitty Jeff Bezos is. He's willing to pay people to quit their careers, lose their job security, just so he won't have to unionize. Or would you say that it's just a boiling point of the fact that so many monopolies like Walmart or Amazon have is willing to do just so that they can still keep the power over the workers? Well, yeah, that's what they're trying to do. They want to maintain that power. They're so desperate to maintain their hold of power. They don't care what the repercussions are long-term for the people. For they, and they don't care they, that you get time to go to the bathroom and you only have yeah. two 30-minute breaks in a 10-hour you know period. They don't care because their workers are nothing more than cogs in a machine to them. They are just gears in a machine because they can easily be replaced. And that's how Jeff Bezos views these workers. And it's so wrong. And that's why we have these mechanisms put into place to be a safeguard. And that's how I view the government. That's the government is to protect us from evil corporations that would take advantage of so us. So what would you say about the people that say, oh, well, the whole point of the government, like you said, is is to protect people. But then how do they well, – what would you say to somebody that says, oh, well, it's also used – like the government itself is corrupt? 
and and their spending and the way they handle people's tax dollars. Why would you want them button in whenever they need to clean up their own shit in the first place? Well, I would say first off that our tax dollars don't fund spending. Well, but we, also, also, that's where we, the people, have that ability to vote corrupt people out. It causes us that we have to view bigger than Democrat and Republican because Democrat and Republican in most cases are two sides of the same coin. So that means we have to view the bigger picture and see, okay, if they don't represent our interest, vote their asses out of office. Hold our elected officials accountable. Make them work for us. If they don't, vote them out. It's that simple. And it gets it causes people to actually also think for themselves, but that's another rant for another day. But all that to say, this vote is major, major implications on this vote because the other Amazon warehouses around the country are also looking to unionize. And if they see that they can do it in Bessemer, Alabama, and Alabama being the king of right-to-work states, then um, they can happen anywhere, essentially. Yeah, and and not to mention probably the most conservative state in all 50 states. <laughs> right. We're right up there with Mississippi and West Virginia. So all that to say, uh, this time next week, we uh, will have an interesting story to tell one way or another. Whether it be, there's only, like you said, there's two ways. It could either be a, a monumental shift in history, or it could just be another way that big business gets their their seedy hands on, on the people, mm, you know? Bald-ass hands, too. But anyway, so let's get to our main topic of the day. And we're going to talk about this, once again, another racialized attack on the Asian American community. So in the last week... There was an attack in Atlanta. We saw eight people were killed, six of them being Asian Americans, by a 21-year-old shooter. So, Zach, uh, you want to give us a little bit of an overview? So, what it is, he's been charged with four counts of murder and one count of assault in the shooting. And it was involving three women and two men at Young's Asian Massage. Mm -hmm. He's also been charged with murder in Atlanta, where four other women were killed in two separate attacks. Attacked three places all in total. Okay, exactly. So he went to three different uh, massage parlors. And so he, knowingly that they would be majority Asian, he ended up shooting and killing. And then after the shootings, he tried to escape to Florida. And so <laughs> why, why, why Florida? Um, it says he wanted to target a porn industry in Florida. Right. So, you know, and we're going to kind of get into that of why he targeted these uh, massage parlors to begin with in a second. But yeah, he he thought that he could continue his quest or whatever he claims that he's on in Florida because Florida has a lot of uh, massage parlors. And so it's going to, it's yeah, he was stopped. I think it was like 30 minutes short of getting to Florida by the Georgia State Patrol. And he was arrested, of course, without incident. So he was arrested and peacefully arrested. He wasn't shot and killed or had his, someone's knee put to his neck or anything like that. But, you know, we'll get to that in a second. So um, what's our next seg segment? Go ahead. So the, the question is, is it racially motivated? And he says himself, oh, it's not. Whenever he was shooting those in a parlor and the people, the eyewitness testimony said, I I'm here, basically, I'm here to kill all the Asian people. And... Honestly, whenever you walk into a, a like you like you said a majority Asian massage parlor, it's you're gonna uh, 
you're gonna everybody knows who you're targeting you know yeah he he literally went in and said i will kill all asians he frequented these places yes you went to you go to three different asian massage parlors that are like you said that are majority of asian american people yes he knew where he was going he there's video footage of him frequenting these places because then he went on to say well i i would had had a bone to pick with uh these sex parlors as he called them but we're gonna get to that but you know he knew where he was going was disproportionately asian american so the people that he shot he knew was going to be disproportionately he already had it in his head that he he, yeah like he's not it's premeditated basically oh yeah he has a history or uh and but what he claims was what did he claim it said that he had a a history of racist comments and he even has facebook posts describing his racist comments yes he had many facebook posts talking about how you know blaming the uh virus the uh, coronavirus on china saying that they're the scourge of the earth and all this kind of stuff. So he blatantly made it clear his views on being anti-Asian. But also, instead of just owning up to it, he tried to literally have the caucasity to say, oh, I have a sex addiction. Whenever, and first off, the, the, the main point we're trying to get about this is massage parlors, it's not supposed to be some seedy unknown, you know what I'm like, where where you're pretty much just getting trying to get jerked off. It's not. It's not like that. In all reality, those people, you're there. There, that's not their intentions. I mean, these are literally massage parlors. Those are just negative stereotypes. Negative, that have been attached yes. To these different places, you know, and a lot of it goes back to negative racial stereotypes against Asian Americans, like the whole "love you long time" type thing. All that it stems from anti anti Asian American uh, stereotypes, and I mean. Even if, and this is a side tangent that I just want to talk about, even if it was a massage parlor that had uh, happy endings, why are we trying to crim- why are we trying to criminalize the victims here? So what if they were sex workers? Does that make them any less worth or any more deserving of being well, shot? Still, yeah, them? I was about to say it's the fact that like even if you even if you said it was a sex worker and they were that was their intentions, you still they still didn't deserve to be shot at three different parlors. Exactly. Like, so what, you know, that's what I don't understand is people are so quick to use any kind of justification just for for murder to justify what he did to protect that white sense of a hundred percent presumed innocence. They're willing to literally start to try and victim blame the sex, uh, not not even if they're even uh, alleged or not sex workers, they're trying to victim blame the victims here. And you know, what's the sad part about it. Like, as an example, during the George Floyd, they were trying to say, oh, well, he was high or they, he used a fake $20 bill. He shouldn't have done it. He deserved it. And what the point is, proven guilty. yeah, and that still doesn't allow someone to just knee, knee on your neck and until you suffocate to death. Exactly. That doesn't allow you to murder someone. And it all goes back to this sense of they're willing to give the benefit of the doubt to this killer, but not the victim. And I, I don't care if you mentioned George Floyd. That's a great point. That is a great point because he. What if he is high on drugs? Who cares? So what? Yeah. It doesn't matter. He doesn't. He didn't deserve to die. Right. He did not deserve to die. Even if he did use a fake counterfeit twenty dollar bill, the Constitution or uh, the amend, first ten amendments, Bill of Rights, say you are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. George Floyd was not given a chance to uh, see his day in court. His cop was the judge, jury, and executioner. But that's 
all goes back to this racist police institution in this country that disproportionately leads to uh, deadly encounters with people of color. And it's used as this racialized institution to, in other words, oppress people of color. And we see it time and time again. But yet we want to use every word in the book to uh, not call it what it is. Yeah, so I understand that. But then what would you say to the people that say, you know what, well— how do you know that's like you say it's just a few bad apples of the bunch you know well okay a few bad apples of the bunch if that was the true case then you would see the other members of police doing their damnedest to root out that instead of automatically backing that cop you saw a universal back the blue when Derek chauvin killed george floyd but yet if he was just a bad apple a few bad apples then they would work hard to push him out and root out that corruptness in the policing. And it's not, you see these instances, it's not just happening in the South. That was in Minnesota. It's happening all across the U.S. Kenosha, Washington with Jay, or Kenosha, Wisconsin with Jacob Blake. He was shot eight times in the back by a police officer. So this isn't just some uh, instance in the South. This is happening all across the United States time and time again. So speaking of law enforcement, what did the local sheriff's office what what was their opinion on it, and why are they facing criticism? So the police officer that was the spokesperson the night that he was arrested, that uh, the killer was arrested. I don't even want to use the killer's name. I'm just going to say the killer. That's who he is. So the night the killer was ar- arrested, the police officer said was quick to say that it was not a hate crime. Did he have any evidence to back it up? No. Literally because the killer said, oh, it wasn't racially... I didn't kill them because they were Chinese. Why would you just believe? There's a lot of liars, you know? Right, but they automatically believed him. And that goes back to that using every instance they can to protect and, you know, keep this institutionalized white supremacy, which we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, and he said, oh, well, it was clear that this killer who murdered eight people was having a bad day. So what do you do when you typically have a bad day? When I have a bad day, I eat cheesecake. What do you do when you have a bad day? I play my damn video game. (laughs) Do you go out? I may go buy Mickey D's, you know? I don't know. That that large fry would really dissatisfy my cravings. Right. I don't go out and murder eight people. And it all goes back to, like, I'm going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but he's so quick to just try and justify or diminish the absolute evil that this man committed. So the fact of the matter is, like, if he was a Hispanic man, what would what would the first thing that goes through people's minds say? They would say, oh, well, he's a thug or he's a gang member or he... Um, or they say, oh, that's all the more reasons to have a tight, secure border. Yeah, they would say that would be even more reason, like you said, to increase border patrol. Or if he was a pers- uh, an African-American, it would be, oh, that's why we need to be include more police in uh, neighborhoods of color or crime-ridden neighborhoods, as they call them. So it just, it's like, that's just like their trigger word to allow them to just, you know, have gung-ho into these areas. And I mean, the cop, even himself, had Facebook posts saying, you know... And shirts he printed himself, you could tell, that were homemade. Yeah, because they looked <laughs> like shit. You could tell that they were shittily stitched. But, you know, he had these photos on his Facebook talking about how COVID-19 was imported from China. Which, and I'll speak of the coronavirus itself, 
do they know exact? Do you, do you know, or I'm not trying to put you on the spot, or do you have a gist of exactly where it, it did originate from, or what exactly how it came about? Do you believe the whole it came from bats thing, or do you do you believe it actually leaked from a lab in Wuhan? Or no, that's bullshit. There's no evidence that it leaked from a lab. Um, and once again, it's conservative media that has no evidence to back up what they say. They just take it and run with it. What happened was just like every other virus. These viruses have been around for thousands of years. They're just dormant. You know, they're not, they haven't made the jump from animals to humans. Like herpes. Herpes lays dormant in your system. Right. So, you know, all these different viruses, they are in the animal populations or the animal are even, you know what I'm saying. And then it jumped to humans due to a bat. So, I mean, yeah, that's happened before. I mean, look at AIDS. It was in the monkey population. And then it made the jump to humans by a uh, eating um, monkeys. Yeah, yeah, monkey meat. Chimp meat. Yeah, <laughs> or a, a, either a bite or one of those two, either a bite or Scratch. eating. Yeah, something like that. So that's it happens all the time. It just so happened to, you know, originate from China. But that doesn't mean that, oh, it was genetically created there and the Chinese were using it as a way to, uh, you know, kill off americans like that is so stupid even though do you not agree that china right now is on is on pace with america literally like financially and along with like resources and people wise like they're you know good and well they're trying to build up their infrastructure and that's great they're trying to develop as a nation to that i mean do you you think that everything they're doing is just is just peacefully motivated oh well they're just trying to look out for the betterment have to be a conspiracy theory not everything's going to be not everything's a conspiracy theory but then the fact that china is a communist country am i right no well well in a no they're more democratic now okay but what i'm just saying like it it just a lot of people just like relate it with bad intentions is all i'm saying okay well that's because we've been propagandized against that i mean what has china done that's so bad against us they're our number one trade partner yes because the amount of people in there no uh india has almost as nearly as amount of people as china but they're not our number one trade partner china is our number one trade partner why are they so evil but we don't mind trading with them yeah but the fact that they're what what people are trying to say they're trying to get ahead of you with uh, ahead of americans in the math science every like all those departments to 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 try and be the number one superpower of the world like america is okay they're trying to overtake them that's that's the point I'm getting at. Okay, and you know why that's happening? That's because we invest all of our money, all of our resources into military and imperialism, and whereas China, whereas China has invested all of their money into infrastructure, education, science and technology, and mathematics. Whereas all we, that to to beat the superpower of the America. Okay, that's great. They're ke- not be, not to beat us necessarily but to become a more developed nation. And they're doing that, whereas we are lagging behind because we have our priorities. We're more, yes, we're more worried about funding a military and having a for-profit prisons and, it, and uh, instead of actually And cheap investing. labor is what you're yeah. saying. We're more worried about making profits off of prisons and uh, imprisoning 22% of the world's population, our prison population, than we are in investing in education or infrastructure. We're more worried about a military essentially. So that's why China's catching up. That's why the other nations of the world have caught up and passed us in many categories. So it's not, 
oh, they're trying to destroy us and take over the world. So, but I mean, you can't go into this notion that everybody's our friend and 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 you can't have that like everybody's right, here for peaceful but, intentions. Right. But at the same time, they know that that's not going to happen because mutually assured destruction. If we go to war with somebody, the whole world's going to be destroyed because it's going to be a nuclear war. We're all going to die. So everybody's so that's just what you're using is propaganda tactics that are used to fearmonger people into funding the military more, into uh, allocating our resources more towards the military. Yeah, of course. I, I understand that. But then do you also not believe that you should be able – that America should have the best military, should have the best resources available to to protect its people? I – do we need to have the best military on the world? I, and ideally – Because somebody will overtake – Like that, that's that's the point. you got to look at it in that – yes. yes, we can maintain a strong military because it's necessary. But at the same time, continually expand our economy through means other than big business and uh, getting big business profits. And for, green and clean energy. Right. We can invest in that. We can invest in education and build up the rest of our country. It's not one or the other. We can have it all. But that's off subject. So basically, back we're trying to get back on track. The What is the history of anti-Asian American hate in the country? Like, where does all this built-up anger and resentment stem from? And it started, honestly, when the first Chinese Americans came here in the 1840s. Well, actually, fun fact, the first uh, Chinese people came here in the 1700s, and they were on a slave ship coming from uh, Africa, and it landed in New Orleans, and they escaped. That was the first recorded um, Chinese American being in uh, or a Chinese person being in what then became people the of Asian yeah. descent. So in 18, 1848, you know, there's gold in them, their hills with California started. And so Chinese laborers, mainly railroad and gold miners, came to the United States because we needed cheap labor. So they immigrated here. And that's when this anti Chinese sentiment started. You know, within the first two years, legislation was passed to make Asians to be considered quote, quote, air quotes, others. And also another air quote of Asians are coming to steal white people jobs. But right. and, and you know, it's the crazy part. You know how that from back then, doesn't that tie into, as an example, people say with illegal immigrants, oh, well, they're coming to steal all our jobs. You know what I'm saying? It exactly. just ties in, you know? Exactly. They're literally coming here to try and find a better life. That's what these Chinese workers were coming to America, mainly in California. They were coming here to find a better life. And yet they were being considered the enemy for working jobs that white people essentially were too good to do. So what about the uh, lynching in 1871? You go into a little yeah. depth in that. So, you know, in 1871, this was about 20 years after the gold rush in California. So just like you said, those racist stereotypes started of, you know, the Chinese are here to steal our jobs. The Chinese are here to steal our jobs. They're, they are taken from us, and we're losing out on wealth. So in... 1871, there was a lynching that occurred in Los Angeles, and it was over. Um, eventually, essentially, there was um, issues back and forth between the local Chinese population and the white population, and the white pop one of the a white person ended up getting shot by a Chinese worker when he was trying to break into a shop, and so instead so of self defense, yeah, self defense. So the local white population went and got their own vigilante justice and lynched 21 Chinese people. 
And, you know, this was one of the largest mass lynchings for that time period. And there was not one arrest. Or excuse me, there was arrest, but every single one was found not guilty by an all-white jury. So, you know, that tells you everything you need to know right there. But it's like all those racial tensions that started because of these stereotypes of, oh, they're stealing our jobs. It finally reached that boiling point. So tell us about the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. Okay. So, you know, ever, like we said, ever since the Chinese came here, there was, you know, that growing tension of the us versus them, labeling them as others. There were taxes that were put on, um, they was called the foreigner tax, to where if you were a minor, you had to pay extra taxes because you were considered taking away resources. So the um, Congress in 1882 considered there were too many Chinese people here. So they banned Chinese immigration for 20 years with the Chinese Exclusion Act. So they literally passed a law that allowed the Chinese to be banned from immigrating to the United States because we considered to have too many of them. And it's just mind-blowing. That was for 20 years. And this continued every 20 years. It was uh, renewed until 1943. So, so let's let's talk about the one that hits a little bit more closer to our time period during World War II. What is mm -hmm. What about the whole Jap Japanese, con basically, concentration camps of people who lived in the United States? Yeah, and this is what, you know, if you know me, you know I love FDR. I think FDR was a great president, but this was one of the many really fucked up things that he did. Was it the fact that he was fucked up or, or, or the fact that he was just ignorant because that was all that he knew back then at that time period, you know? Mm. Because, I mean, it's not like there's nowhere near as many social justice warriors today as there were back in the 1940s, you know? Well, or, or, or the fact that it needs to be talked about. It wasn't talked about, you know? They considered the Japanese people as lesser. So these were Japanese Americans. These were citizens of the United States. Yes. Citizens. So close to 100,000 Japanese citizens who had done nothing wrong were literally sent to internment camps, which were essentially prisons and not even prisons because they were living literally in the stalls of um, horse stalls at the horse tracks in California. And that happened for close to four years that they were stuck there. And so, you know, people ended up dying in those conditions and FDR ordered it through an executive order and it was ruled constitutional. They considered it, oh, just fine. But, but I mean, like, do you think every single person, do you think they just gathered up pretty much all Asian people or was it specifically Japanese Specifically people? Japanese Americans. Okay. Citizens. Yes, exactly. But I mean, those people, I don't think they would have any ill will against their own country that they moved to for a better life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'd be different if they were Japanese POWs or something, you know? Yeah, they weren't prisoners of war. They were literally as much of a citizen as you and I. And they were ripped out of their homes simply because we were at war with Japan. Like it's mind blowing that this was allowed to happen. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter that. Well, how come we didn't do that to Germans? You know, how come we didn't do that to uh, British, the British in 1812? Or why not during the 1980s with the Soviet union? Yeah. Why didn't why did, all why Russian didn't, born people, yeah. why weren't uh, they imprisoned? Because Japanese Americans are people of color. And they're viewed a minority, as basically. Yeah, they're viewed as lesser. So, you know, this was allowed to go on, and they never received any kind of restitution. Well, they received the equivalent of $1,000 per person. But for back then, was was that considered a decent amount of money? Or well, what? back then, that's today's equivalent of $1,000. Oh, okay. So okay. back then, it was like 100 bucks. 
for being ripped out of your home, losing your job, losing your kids. You, imagine the psychological trauma all of that would happen. So it's just, it's so messed up. So, so leaning into the most up-to-date topic, what is Trump's rhetoric in the rise of anti-Asian attacks within the last couple months? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, we, let's go back to when Trump first announced he was running for president. He started off his campaign by dividing up the nation. Building a wall. Yeah, let's build a wall. He started labeling uh, Latinos, you know, Mexicans. Are, he just labeled, labeled them all Mexicans. But he said, you know, those aren't good people. He said, well, all Muslims, we need to have a Muslim ban. He said, black people, those are come from shithole countries in Africa. Or he talked about um, the projects. He's talked about them in a negative light. So every person of color he labeled as bad. I'm going to protect these suburbs. And then we lead to with the outbreak of COVID and the Chinese. So he right. starts labeling them as, you know, well, the China virus, the China virus, it all originated from China. And then talk, what, what about this um, rise in attacks, anti-Chinese attacks? So what it is, is that the group Stop AAPI received 3,800s of verbal 3,800 reports of verbal or physical attacks since the COVID pe pandemic had began. So 3,800 reported attacks. And that's not even con counting the people that go unreported. Exactly. What, what was it? 90% were verbal and then the other 10%, 9% were physical. Like yeah. people fighting ways, negative stereotypes. Yes. And so these fake stereotypes that were created with no evidence to back it up were then used to lead to attacks on people simply because of their perceived their perceived nationality and you know it's the funny part is like half the people that were probably involved in those verbal or physical altercations were of not chinese descent they could be filipino they could be korean they could be vietnamese, vietnamese yeah like japanese and that's what you uh, you read some statistic that said what was it nine out of ten were or some uh outrageous statistics said that they were non-Chinese yeah, exactly. victims. And yeah, exactly. And the fact that it was a the overall hate crime attacks regarding Asian people where it was up 150% from the uh year. yes, from 2020, it was from March to September was up 150%. 100%. And then and that's from also the the year prior 2019 it just didn't even compare. Exactly. And so there's a clear correlation between Trump's rhetoric and the attacks skyrocketing on Asian Americans. Yes, because it is coming from the president of the United States, like the most p powerful political figure in America. And that goes to show you that your words have power, especially if you are an elected leader, i.e. the president of the damn United States. And you see his actions directly lead to consequences, negative consequences for those he's leveling an attack against. And it's like, but people are okay with it. And that's what I don't understand is like, people are just willing to turn a blind eye. They're just willing to once again, turn a blind eye. And it's all because he creates villains. He created villains. And I, we're going to get to it in a second, but Trump is not the idea that person that came up with this idea to do that. He is just the culmination of it. You know, this white hatred against those considered, quote, quote, lessers 
And finding scapegoats is not new. I mean, look at it from the very beginning. We had Native Americans were labeled the weak savages, you know, savages from uh, Pocahontas. And they deserve to... And you know what's the funny part? You know, whenever Christopher Columbus had uh, set foot into... What what was it? Porter... Uh, well, Hispaniola is what he yeah. called it. So right so, the Dominican Republic. Yeah, so when he set foot, he says those people would make great slaves. Literally. In his diary mm-hmm. from in 14... What was it? 1490. Yeah. yeah it says, it that. said that he, he says these people would make great servants. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not looking at them as equal people is there that they are already at a disadvantage. Exactly. And then, you know, during the colonial times, all the way up until the late 1800s, we systematically exterminated the Native Americans and continually took their land all the way out west. And their food source, because what was it back in the 1800s? Was it the 1800s that they had the military kill? Yeah, Yeah, kill the water buffaloes. Yeah, because that was their food source just to kill them out, wipe them out. And it's insane that it's just overlooked. You know, just, are, yeah, trying to sweep it under the manifest destiny. Yeah. You know, God told us to go out west. So who cares about the Native Americans we had to move? They're savages. Not not move, slaughter, kill. Right. That's how they view it, though. That's how they word it. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like they're spreading the word of Christianity, even yeah. though you're at, you're shooting, you're shooting the people you're trying to, right. you know, it's and ridiculous. I mean, even then, you know, we go towards the um, eight, late 1800s, slavery ended. And the local or the reconstruction started. Yeah, reconstruction started. And there was actually the chance for equality in this country and white backlash had to happen because God forbid people viewed if black people received equal treatment as white people, white people saw that as taking away from them. That doesn't happen. It just means leveling the playing field. Okay, so let me ask you something. So what's your version of taking away from from uh, as an example, you were comparing uh about people being on level playing field, what would your version be of taking away from, from a, from a specific race or taking away from things like that as an example, like to make it where people would backlash and say, Oh, well, I'm not being like treated fairly. You know, that's what, that's what the white argument is that by a black person being considered equal in the eye of the law, doesn't take away from white people. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I fully agree and fully comprehend with what you're saying. So, why is it that people have the backlash about that in the first place? Because that's what they've been trained to believe is that if I have this view that for so long, these people are below me. So now if I see them rising up to not take over. Me, yeah, they think it's they think yeah. it's a revolt or they think people are just trying to completely just dethrone, like completely ruin their way yeah. of life is what they're thinking. Yeah. It's like, no, they just want to be treated as equal human beings. That's all it comes down to actually living up to what the constitution says that all men are created equal equal justice before the law what about the 14th and 15th amendments the equal protection before the law and every single citizen has the right to vote that's all they're saying they're just saying to have equal treatment equitable treatment so that's what it comes down to and we just see time and time again uh people of color are being labeled others quote quote and enemies we saw it, like we mentioned, with the Chinese Exclusion Act. We saw, in it, especially in times of war, like during World War II, we saw uh, Japanese Americans being interred, being sent to internment camps during uh, the times of war. 
We saw during 9 11. And, 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 and you know being... what the scapegoat people say for that? They say that, oh, well, there is just for the protection of the country or something like they, yeah. they label it as some national ridic- security. Yes, national security. Yeah, it's some bullshit like that. And no, that's just you are sitting there and choosing specific people because of where who they are or where they originate from. Right. And look at uh, 9-11. After 9-11, we saw uh, the Muslims being specifically targeted. There was an increase in anti-Muslim attacks on – or on Muslims, excuse me – following 9-11. Not all Muslims attacked the um, trade towers. Exactly, and not all people of Muslim faith are al-Qaeda or people trying to undermine people or – or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would, be like saying, that would be like saying, okay, well, all Christians are Klan supporters because the Klan members are Christians. Yeah. They claim to be uh, carrying out Christian beliefs. And, and, and they also believe that the same Jesus is, is white Jesus, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, but Jesus was not white. Uh, like you said, like in the words of Killer Mike said, Jesus isn't a, a doobie brother, you know? He's not a <laughs> That was on Joe Rogan. Yes, sir. He was not a, he was not white. And he was most likely a man of olive complexion from with dark hair from the Middle East. Well, it's just and it's just scientifically proven that people originated from Africa. That oldest fossils of human remains were found in Africa. What was her name? Dolly. 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 I think yeah, Dolly. Dolly or Dotty, something like that. But um were found in Africa. So what happened? This is scientifically you know and historically proven. And, and you know what's the sad part is that people of faith of Christ, of christian faith where they just they don't want to accept science mm-hmm. or biology that like as, as an example the same reason that people don't want to that they oppose people that marry the same sex you know mm-hmm. they find that completely immoral and justified and whenever it's just naturally they're like that right and it's like is that bothering you one bit is that affecting you one bit no they so, just think that it's not aligning with their rigid ide- ideology. Yeah, and the, uh, I'm sorry, but the U- United States is not a Christian nation. We we they love to. It's a nation of all faiths. Yeah, they love to overlook the establishment clause, which says that we are the freedom of religion, which means there is no one set religion in this country. But then, what do you say about the people that say one nation under God? That was voted in by Congress into the uh, what is the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Yeah. So. I mean, separation of church and state. Where's that? Like the way you, the way. What I love, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but what I love is they want to be able to have their Christianity talk about God in church, in school, right? But But as soon as you mention Muhammad or you mention Buddhism or you mention Confucianism or Judaism, they, they start getting a little, uh, they, they yeah, we can't have that. A little sweating, you know? Yeah. If somebody wanted to go and roll out their mat and pray to Mecca when, as a practicing Muslim, yeah, as, so as their daily, be, as yeah. their what is it? If I'm not, I, even though I'm not of Muslim faith, but do they pray twice a day or five times? A day. Oh wow, okay. Well, yeah. like I said, but I mean, yeah. that would be in I mean, good you know, faith. People yeah. lose their minds. Yeah. So all that going back to you know, it's just called Eurocentrism. I'm going to teach you a new word today. Eurocentrism. Not just me, our viewers as well. Right. Well, yes, all of our millions and millions of viewers. Uh, Eurocentrism. So it's looking at everything from a European white perspective so like you went it's going back to white jesus in you know people originated in africa and the reason that we have white people today we all originated from africans originally but as we moved our pigments further away from the 
Equator. warmer way, like yeah, warmer yeah. weather, and you move into the mountains, and you move into that, your skin pigment becomes lighter. You lose your melanin, and that's the only reason that we have white people today. So we all originated from black people, and then even going further. So you mean to tell me, in the Middle East, where Christianity evolved or originated, evolved, <laughs> where it originated from? God, you just made so many people uncomfortable when you I said know. Christianity evolved. Oh my God, Roy, that's almost like evolution. Oh fuck! Roy Moore just shit himself right there. Not bit. just Roy Moore. You're talking about your, your 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 Baptist church down the street, man. So, but um, you know, oh shit, where was I? Oh, you you mean to tell me that Jesus was the only guy in the Middle East that had light colored skin and blue eyes? Not even like, like he he's a, he was white. He was pale a, white. a pale white that doobie brother. He, he was the yeah. only doobie brother in the Middle East during that time. Yeah. Whenever oh. the fact that you know that the if you want to get technical, the Bible, Adam and Eve originated in modern day Iraq, which is mm-hmm. the prime Middle East, like where people where there yeah. it is nothing but people of olive complected skin. We don't want to acknowledge history. So and it all goes back to all I'm tying this all in that sense of white superiority and that what's it leads us to this last thing where we got to call it what it is this sense of white superiority manifests itself and it's like you know how we have little um skirmishes here and there until finally you have these big eruptions of because due to white superiority and you have you know that's where you had in 1871 we were talking about that mass lynching you we have in 1921 we have the tulsa riots you, we see all these different instances are like er, eruptions here and there, here and there, here and there, here and there, because of the sense of unchecked and undiscussed white violence. Yes, yeah, hence the Charles, the Charleston, and then you have the uh, the ones that just happened March 16th the, mm-hmm. of, of, of killing Asians, and then the, the prior one to that was African Americans. Exactly. And it all stems back to the sense of white supremacy that goes unchecked in this country. And well, how do you fix it? The first thing starts with actually acknowledging it. We have to actually, as a society, acknowledge the decrepit system that we live in right now. And until that happens, we're not going to make any progress. It's not until we have an actual acknowledgement of how our system is set up to benefit white people. And I know what I'm going to be called. I'm going to be called, you know, an inward lover. I'm going to be called a white apologist. I'm going to be called a. So, you know. so let me uh, speaking like I'm not trying to tiptoe, and I'm just I'm I'm trying to get your honest opinion. What is it you think about the people that that denounce their white privilege and make it uh, make it all vocal and and try and be be you so know me, what I'm, no I meant like like as an example you you're like. You take it to the extreme. I'm like, oh, I'm a. Sh-. It, it pretty much where people were getting at. Oh, you're ashamed to be white, or it's not. You're not I, embracing your culture or heritage. I, I mean, my culture and heritage is embraced 24 seven, 365. Um, what I I am ashamed of the actions of people of my color throughout history. Yes, that's not saying that I'm ashamed of who I am. It's saying I'm ashamed of prior actions of our race i mean think about it throughout history the crusades yes but then yeah hold on let me finish okay so i'm not denouncing who i am i'm denouncing the prior actions taken and so that's not you know it's sitting there going i'm not saying i hate myself or i have inner hatred i am humble enough to realize that if i want to live out what i deem to be 
right. What I learned in church growing up to love thy neighbor as thyself, how can I truly love thy neighbor as thyself if I see my neighbor being treated like shit? If I see my neighbor being treated as less than me, I can't view my neighbor as an equal and truly love thy neighbor as thyself with agape, which is, uh, you know, what is it? Undying, uh, un, undying love, something like that. Um, I can't truly love thy neighbor as thyself if I view them as lesser than me. So it's not hating my race or being a traitor. It's called truly loving thy neighbor. That's what it is. That's all what it comes down to is truly loving thy neighbor. Yes, but, but then you also have people that take it and, and run with it. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, to me, I fully agree that, you, you know, everybody is on an equal playing field and, and nobody should be given the the upper hand. But that's just not how our system. Yeah, set exactly. Up. That's not how it's set up. And so, there needs to be incremental changes. No. There does not need to be incremental changes. Like, I highly disagree. Why with you that. say that? Huh? Why? Why is it you say? Because that? incremental changes is what's gotten it. That's by saying we want incremental changes. That's saying we're okay with the system. We just want to tweak it here and there. No, we need a radical change in this country. So you believe that you can? You just need to just completely bulldoze everything and start from the ground up. Ideally, yes. I'm then me being a realist. Yeah, no. that's some. That's some saying. Realism. But I'm just saying what we need to have versus what can truly happen. Yes, of yes. course. Yes. But then it's kind of like what we talk about with the climate issue. We could easily fix the racial inequalities in this country, the wealth inequalities, the wealth, the, the wealth gap. Yeah. We could easily fix that, but because we want to just reform it, we don't. That's what I'm talking about. And the ways to fix it by actually truly defunding the police. Oh, we're going to set some people off right there. Okay, so... So, let me go into that a little okay, bit. Okay, go ahead. Defunding the police. That literally means shifting resources away to fund other programs to help make the police more equitable or more uh, accountable. So, in, in essence, instead of having police respond to mental health crisis... Yes, you, you have a social worker. A social worker or a healthcare worker, somebody that actually knows what the fuck they're doing. Instead of having um, someone show up, a cop show up, and the first thing they do is fire. Uh, defunding the police also means demilitarizing the police. Why do the police need to have tanks? Why do the police need to have... Um, For a SWAT raid or something, yeah. you know? Why is the first response of things a SWAT team? Why are we still spending so much money on the war on drugs when it's clearly not working? Why are we still spending billions and billions and billions of dollars each year towards private prisons when it shows that mental health can help cut down on the amount of people sent to prisons. That's what defunding the police is. Okay, so can I ask you something about, before we head out, can I ask you something yeah. about the defunding the police, right? Yeah. Isn't, well, let me ask you this. Are, have studies shown that, as an example, why is it bad that loading up on police in highly uh, dangerous or bad parts in town or quote unquote, like we're, we're that poverty stricken areas mm -hmm. and enforcing the laws there. Wouldn't that in return allow businesses to come in and want to start there and, and just grow from there? That, that's my question show, to you. Yeah. Okay. Studies show that investing in the community, not by police, not by police presence, but investing in the community through like something like a federal job guarantee 
where you build up the community. Invest in small Black-owned businesses, for instance, or small minority-owned businesses. S giving people not loans, but grants to where they're not then beholden to somebody. Yeah, you, where you're not having to pay it back. Yeah, to where they can actually fund. And then that's how you spread out. I don't know, maybe raise the minimum wage to $15 or a livable wage to where people don't have to resort to the issues that got those uh, communities there in the first place. Yes, correct. If someone has the ability to go out and get a well-paying job, they will not have to resort to whatever they can to survive. If we treat humans like humans and fund the basic necessities, then we can fix these communities without having to increase police presence. We notice that increased police presence leads to more instances of violence. Right. Uh, deadly encounters. Deadly between, encounters. Yeah, yes. deadly encounters between that is violence, in my opinion, but deadly encounters between police and people of color. So instead of attacking things with military or with weapons, essentially, we attack it with logic. That's all I get. That's all I'm coming down to. Right. So whenever you said that the best way to do that is, is attack it by logic, but as an example, how you can't stop crime or, or drugs smuggling or inappropriate activities through logic. You have to, you can't, you know, yes, whenever. Like I just said, that you can't, obviously it doesn't work by hoarding a ton of police into an area. But wouldn't that cut down on crime though is, is, is the whole but point that's I'm getting. Not, that's, that's not solving the root issue. I'm talking about the root issue. This is a great discussion. What you're suggesting is a Band-Aid. What I'm suggesting is, you know, uh, stitching up the artery that's been cut. So the root cause. What's the root cause of these people having poverty? To, poverty. If we fix poverty, we fix communities. And how you fix communities? And I, I'm like you said, this is just my opinion, yeah. and this is and just like you have yours. Mm -hmm. So, wouldn't the root cause of to to help poverty is to move? Like is to make businesses black, like as an example, black business or minority owned businesses yeah. want to move in there. Be so because nobody wants to right. move into a place that is full of crime and right. robberies so and I'm things like that. Is is your way of fixing it is with cops. My way of fixing it is with business. So hold on. Okay. I'll okay. let you finish. So to invest in those communities means we're going to come in here, even though we know that there is crime right now. We're not looking at the immediate effects. We're looking at long-term effects. Future effects. You are looking at a short-term fix. Uh, uh, Band-aid. I'm looking at a long-term suture. <laughs> you like that um, medical term? So I'm looking at long-term fixing it. So by investing in the community, saying, okay, like uh, Char uh, Charles Hampton, Fred Hampton, he said, how do we fix childhood poverty which then leads to is a direct pipeline to childhood violence kids joining gangs we feed them every morning they then scientifically it's proven research proven that if you have had a good meal for breakfast then you will be able to function better in school which then means you will perform better in school which then means you are able to go to college or some career tech and better yourself and better yourselves that's what i'm talking about you invest in the community at its root and that's how you get rid of the gang issues, the drug issues. Because if people have access to a well-paying, livable wage, then they will and be not seven dollars and twenty-five cents. Right. They will not have to then resort to crime or resort to drugs. So you're fixing it without 
police and guns and sending more people to prison that could be saved, you're going in and you're helping people at the root cause. Okay, so I, I'm I fully agree. Okay, that's not the, pretty much just all I'm just saying is the fact that whenever you're talking about all this, like, mm -hmm. do you think that's a like? Why is it people don't initiate? Because like that. because we don't we have our priorities wrong. We are we think that we can fix things by throwing guns at it, or you know throwing cops at it, and it clearly doesn't work because the police system is a corrupt racist system to begin with. So how are you going to fix a issue with minorities by throwing a corrupt racist system at it? So what I'm saying is invest in the people, show people that you believe in them. That's what we have lost in this country. We have to believe in the people. And it may, just because it may not it have the immediate effect of benefiting white people, in the end, it does. Because think about it. If the uh, minority community is thriving, what are they going to do? Spend money. Spend money, which goes into the economy. And the economy benefits everyone. It, yeah, it doesn't just say, oh, well, this black person spent this dollar, so this dollar is going to help out black people. No. It means it benefits everyone. So if people quit looking at immediate Band-Aids and look at fixing the root issue, then we can truly make significant systemic change in this country. Holy hell. So with that being said. I think that's a good way to end this. That was just laid on my heart. And I think that, you know, I just had to say that. I know you were wanting to go to lunch. And I know that we said five minutes ago that we were going to go to lunch, but I just had one last little thing to get off my heart. There you go. Ten minutes so, later. <laughs> it's, you know, ten minutes later. So with all that being said, uh, if you agree with us, if you like, if you uh, liked what you hear, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Leave us comments. We love your comments. We got some comments last episode, which was great. Uh, talking about when we talked about um, was it better to go off and form another party? or stick with the two-party system we have now. We re received so many comments, so we appreciate those so much. Make sure to keep those coming. And, that's and you know, it's motivating to us and exactly. motivating, like you said, for us to put out better, more yeah. intelligent con yeah, we content, wanna, we evolving. Know, yeah, we want to know what evolving. Uh, we want to know what you're thinking. We want to talk about issues that mean a lot to you, that you can become invested in because we're invested in this. We want you to become uh, invested in us, in other words. So uh, definitely, we'd love to hear from y'all. Make sure to share as well. Share If you really enjoyed it, make sure to share with your friends. That's the best way for us to keep, continue just growing. Spread the word, man. You know, we're just a working class podcast. You, that's know? All that, you know what? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So Zach, take us on out. Levitating your perspective each episode at the time. Y'all have a great week.